0: Sign up today for your risk free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNbet.com to start winning. You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers, Divers, Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. Ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground, picked up by TJ Ward at the four yard line. Vaughn Miller did it again on Overtime Media. Mile High Hello, everybody in Broncos country. Welcome into another episode of the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. I'm your host, Lance Sanderson, and joining me, as per usual, is my good friend and colleague. He is Mile High Huddle, senior NFL draft analyst, the one and only Eric Trickle. Uh, Today, guys, we're going to break down why 40 times for the offensive linemen are the most critical uh, measurement that you can get, and also why bench press, showing how strong these guys are, is the best way to judge their – no, I'm just playing – uh, <laughs> Eric, the combine obviously going on. Um, I had to trigger you. I had to, I, I've been holding on to that joke for a while, just because I know how much it angers you that I'm so intrigued by the 40 times for these offensive linemen. Um, and also with the bench press with like Jordan Davis and stuff like that. But dude, how are you doing? You obviously following the combine. We were watching a little bit, a uh, little bit ago. So uh, how you doing man?
1: Doing good. I'm excited. The combine's underway. I've been watching it. Um, been sitting in the chair for most of the day watching my computer screen my eyes are killing me but uh like i'm excited like it's fun watching the drills seeing them see how smooth these guys are moving granted you have to take the setting into consideration but it's it's a good judgment of of certain aspects of them and then with all the athletic testing if you there's plenty of data out there that suggests like what can be good for what position and how so and I mean, four nine for offensive linemen. If you break that number, odds are you're gonna have a lengthy career in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, being athletic and everything. And one of my favorite guys, my third number three offensive tackle, Trevor Penning, um, broke that number with the four eight nine. And then I mean, there were some good times from offensive linemen overall today. Yeah. The wide receivers, I mean, they were looking quick, quarterbacks, like it's good. And I, I'm excited to keep going. I'm looking forward to my favorite day though is tomorrow. That's my favorite
0: yeah, day. the is is that because you got the interior defensive linemen that are going to be going? You got some linebackers that are going to be performing as well. I mean, like honestly, I was I was talking with Ryan Edwards of uh, Broncos Country tonight in KOA uh, earlier this morning. Oh my goodness! I'll, let me finish this and we'll <laughs> grab that immediately. Holy cow! Uh, anyways, I was talking with Ryan Edwards this morning and he was talking about the Devontae Wyatt press conference that that happened and. Uh, yeah, I was like, you know, if he tests well, as well as he says he's going to, it would not surprise me to see a guy that talented with that freaky athleticism, like jump from, you know, tail end of the first round into the top 20. Like, there's a lot to like about Devontae Wyatt. And if he's going to test very well, like he says he's going to, he promises he's going to, man, there's there's a way that you could see him jump into the top 20. Now, I'm going to grab this well, before, wait, go. before go
1: we grab that, so I can get this thought out. Devontae White probably had one of the funniest remarks during his press conference. He did. Talking about how he loves how he plays football because he loves to hit people. But if he was to hit one of the media members, he'd probably go to jail. Like, there, there's this thing of like measured thinking sometimes. And that may not have been the best
0: thing to say, but it still was great. Like, it- I absolutely love it. That's that's one of those. I got to joke with you for a minute. It's it may not be the right. <laughs> yeah. And I I like to hear the content, like the actual quote, the uh, just, not the 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 written words, but the spoken words, because you can definitely you lose the the tone and the intention of what was said. Obviously, I mean you, we deal with Twitter every single day and social media and stuff like that. But uh, to hear him say something like that, I, I'm very intrigued to see w- like why he said that and how he said it. Because if it's a if it was a joking form, sign me up for this guy. I love Devontae Wyatt. Now, got to get this right away, because Jeremy, Black Knight coming in and dropping the hammer down. Super huge, super chat from Black Knight. Jeremy, thank you, dude. We appreciate all of your support, man. Speechless right now is the kind of the big thing. When I first saw it, I was like, damn. Uh, Jeremy says, I call first dibs on the guest drafting thing you guys did last year. Well, you Yes. We'll, we'll get you on for sure, Jeremy. And we'll, we'll do that. Um, Eric and I were actually talking earlier today about when we're going to do our next mock draft. Um, I kind of wanted to do it today just because we're not through the combine yet and didn't really have an opportunity to talk about that. But uh, next week is the, uh, the show before the opening of free agency, we're going to do some free agency breakdown. So after that, we're looking at doing a mock draft in two weeks from today. So I think we'll we'll link up uh Jeremy get at me on Twitter get in my uh in my DMs and we'll we'll organize that. We'll we'll get you on the show as, as soon as we can, okay?
1: Definitely. Thank you Jeremy. We appreciate that.
0: Uh Peter Middleton jumping in here throwing some stars down as he always does hanging out in Cambodia in the early morning hours over that way. Uh has your board changed much Eric after this combine performances?
1: Um there's definitely been some movement. Um not Major movement. It's just a matter of just getting confirmation on certain aspects of it. Um, I've been at that point of wanting to put Ikea Kwanu at my number one office tackle for a while. The, the testing stuff just kind of pushed me over that edge of actually doing it. Um, didn't really change much outside of that. A couple guys just like getting flipped for one reason or another. Um, one guy that kind of moved up as a result of this, not because of what he did at the combine exactly. But I went back and I was watching his tape and it's a it's a quarterback and uh, he ended up moving up. I mean, he's still a day three guy, but he went from a guy that really wouldn't touch to, okay, maybe I take a round seven flyer on him, see what you can get. Um, doubt he gets drafted though. EJ Perry out of Brown. He's probably one of the guys that helped himself because the testing caught my eye and it's like, all right, I'll go back and I'll watch him again and just check it out and ended up liking him a little bit more this time.
0: I've not seen him. Obviously, I'm probably not going to watch a whole bunch of brown tape, but uh, I'll, t- I'll take your word for that one. Uh, David jumping in here. Good evening, Lance, Eric, in Broncos country. Uh, looking forward to free agency and the draft. Hashtag MHH for life. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. And obviously, Michael jumping in here and showing his support and love for the show. Uh, good evening, Lance and Eric on the Dove Valley Deep Divers. Go Broncos, as always. Um, with that, guys, before we get into any more of these, I want to get some quick matters of business out of the way. And we'll jump into everything that we have kind of gleaned from the combine for the first couple of days of it. Um, we can't really get into defensive guys yet because we haven't seen any of those guys testing. Um, mostly just the interview process some things we've heard from that. Obviously, the, the Devontae Wyatt <laughs> deal. But uh, anyways, guys, you guys can get at us on Twitter by finding me at SandersonMHH and for Eric at Eric Trickle. Also for Scott Kennedy, who's behind the glass running the ones and twos helping us out uh, moderate the chat stream and everything at Scout Kennedy. Also guys, at Mile High Huddle that's some other account where you guys are going to find breaking news and analysis regarding your Denver Broncos, including any film breakdowns. We've got all of our scouting reports that are coming. Eric and I got those hammered out the other day. I'm going to get started on that shortly after the combine and start publishing those probably one a day and maybe two a day on the weekends um, to get through all of those. Uh, also, guys, uh, if you're on Facebook, make sure you guys go to facebook.com slash Um That's the, the podcast account on Facebook um, where you can just – get any information regarding the, the the Broncos and on the podcast and stuff like that. And also guys go to facebook.com slash mile high huddle, click that blue, become a supporter button where you guys can get premium content like the trickle zone. You'll get Kilberman's corner. You'll get Broncos book club with, with Chad Jensen and still working on this guest. I've got a great guest that I, I'm hoping to get with uh, maybe Wednesday of next week that we can sit down and have a discussion. Um, you guys are going to be impressed with this one. And I, I'm hoping that we can still get it done. I haven't talked to him in the last couple of days, but. Big T's, big T's. Anyways, <clears throat> with that, man, I'm still just blown away by Jeremy and that gigantic super chat. Holy cow. <laughs> All right, uh, so Eric, obviously the tackles are going to date. You, you talked about uh, Aquano, the uh, um, left tackle from North Carolina State. And his athleticism, his testing and stuff like that, maybe jumping him into the number one overall tackle. Obviously another guy that you mentioned earlier, Trevor Penning, as well as a guy that has secured himself as the offensive tackle three for you with his 40 time getting into like that freak athlete territory and stuff like that. Um, outside of that, though, what are the, the the biggest guys that you have that have really helped their stock the most so far? It's not a be-all, end-all at the Combine, but there is definitely a way for guys to improve their stock even just a little bit. So out of everyone we've seen so far, give me three or four guys that have kind of stood out to you the most.
1: Well, I mean, if you look at the quarterback position, well, he didn't do any drills. I think Malik Willis definitely helped himself with the throwing drills that he did. He didn't yeah. do the athletic testing. I mean, he was just – Clean throwing the ball, of course. It's called the Underwear Olympics for a reason. Desmond Ritter tested out really well, athletically helping himself, giving himself a boost there. Um, probably see him – could definitely see him going in the late first now. I think before you're just kind of look at him maybe early second. Um, now I think it would be a little bit of a surprise if he doesn't go in the first round. Um, Calvin Austin, a small receiver out of, uh, out of Memphis, he definitely helped himself. He measured a little bit light, 170 pounds, but dude's fast. He showed did well in the explosion, um, the explosion testing. Um, what I saw of his drills looked good. Sky Moore is another receiver, yeah. wasn't blazing fast. Not, I think he was just like a 441 official 40. Um, but I mean, he was just so reliable. In his routes, he had a really good gauntlet. Um, then Jalen Naylor, I believe is his name out of Michigan State, kind of caught my eye mm-hmm. when I watched his gauntlet drill. It was probably one of the cleanest gauntlet drills I've seen in a couple of years. Um tight ends. There was a lot of guys that caught my attention in a bad way. Um You said, I, I mean, I still think this is a pretty good tight end class relatively speaking, but I mean, some of these guys that are looking at the top of it kind of had some uh, rough moments. Um, Chico Conquo out of Maryland and Jelani Woods are two guys that stood out in a positive way. Yeah. They both tested well, authentically they looked good in the drills and multiple tackles and interior your offensive linemen are standing out today from the drills that I, that we were watching before we went live. Uh, Zach Tom, a guy out of Wake Forest I like quite a bit. Trevor Penning looked looked good. There was a couple drills where he was a little bit off. Charles Cross, Ikea Aquanu, I mean, those guys were so smooth with their drills. That was expected, though. Um, and then uh, Cole Strange yeah. really
0: kind of stood out with his drills as well. Thank you. I was just about to say, if you don't mention Cole Strange, we're going to have to have some words, sir. Uh, shout out to Rodney and shout out to Gary for your stars donations. Thank you for that, guys. And we appreciate you guys for joining us. We sh- we appreciate everybody for joining us tonight. We've got one hundred and ten pairs of eyes on us right now. Um, make sure you guys hammer that like button while you're sitting here. I mean, it, great content. If you guys like it, love it. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Help us out here just a little bit. Smash that like button for us. Uh, Cody W. jumping in here with a two dollar super chat. How is Skylar Thompson look, Eric?
1: Uh, I didn't watch his his drills or anything like that. I'm not very high on him. Um, I'll definitely get to it sometime later this week, but I haven't had a chance to really watch him yet from we'll his combine anyways.
0: Yeah, I, I haven't got a chance to really sit down and dive through all of the numbers. I do want to go back to our conversation here though about guys that have really kind of jumped off of the page to you. Uh, a guy that I did not know a whole lot about until he started really tearing up the senior bowl and really boosted his stock a lot is um, Christian Watson, the wide receiver from North Dakota State. Uh, 6'3", measured, weighed in a little bit light. I thought he was going to be closer to 215 than 205, which is what he weighed at the combine. But he ran a 439 jumped out of the building um it, it looked pretty smooth in in his gauntlet drill from what i saw um looks pretty decent as a route runner as well um chigo uh a uh, the the maryland tight end that was the guy that really caught my eye cole turner as well the tight end from nevada probably a later round prospect um he moved a lot better than I thought he was going to, especially in the pass catching drills. I, I, and his hair really kind of catches your eye. I mean, he just runs so smoothly and everything like that. Uh, I, I really liked his performance at the combine. I don't know how he tested, I haven't seen those numbers yet.
1: <laughs> Calvin Turner did not test well athletically, like, huh? Cal or Calvin Turner or Cole, uh, Cole, Turner. Cole
0: Turner, yeah, he did just- test well. So uh, just the uh, um, j- just watching him run the routes, catching the football, he looks smooth in that aspect. But Chigo Quanco, as far as as big as he is um, at the tight end position and how stiff he kind of does look, his gauntlet drill was I mean, he ran a straight line, did not bobble a single pass. Dropped everything perfectly, did not get get weavy on the line. Like He was right straight line, caught everything, turned, and ran really well. So he was a guy that I was really impressed with. Um, and Isaiah Likely. Isaiah Likely tested pretty well. I think it was a 4-5-4 four, four for him. Um, ran ran decently, uh, did a really good job in in terms of the blocking sled from what I saw. Uh, did a really good job in the gauntlet drill, um, caught everything Fairly, fairly smoothly. So that's a guy that seemingly is starting to rise up boards and might actually be the first tight end taken um, over this guy right here. We've got a super chat coming in from Dennis. Uh, How did the tight end from Colorado State look, Eric? Trey McBride.
1: Um, What drills he did weren't the best, but or what athletic testing he did weren't the best. But his drills were really nice and they were clean, smooth, and that was expected for him. Um, a lot of these guys aren't doing certain athletic testing isaiah likely didn't run the 40 he did a couple other drills um i believe he was doing he ended up hurting his leg in one of the jumps if i remember see, seeing that correctly um but yeah trey McBride, he looked he looked solid with with the drills um didn't do i don't think he did much of the athletic testing i know he did a one or two things but that was about it
0: Let's see if I can find him. Uh, I know he didn't run the forty, and I'm not sure if he did anything else. Um, As far as the tight ends are concerned, Grant Calcaterra looked all right, Um, but like. I, I haven't really gotten into a bunch of the tight ends yet. Uh, there's only a, a handful of names that I'm familiar with, so it, it's going to be interesting to go back and take a look at some more of these guys at a later date. Uh, Travis Weber jumping in here. My star's comment got missed, but was asking about the offensive tackle uh, from Minnesota, six foot seven, three eighty four. I think it was the one big boy, Daniel Faalele. How has he done, Eric? Uh,
1: he didn't participate in the on-field drills, so.
0: The, the didn't you say that he benched 32 with 34 inch arms he, he
1: benched yeah. um he, he didn't do great he did 24 reps okay. um but i'm pretty sure i think that's the only thing he did outside of the measurements he didn't do any of the position drills and i'm pretty sure he didn't do any of the athletic testing either
0: okay <sighs> all right well that's it no, i'm just playing uh yeah. let's see what do we got going on here um, see if I can grab some comments here and kind of get this conversation rolling just a little bit. Um, the Baylor wide receiver Michael jumping in here. Uh, Taquan Thornton, 40 yard dash time was officially 4.28. How does that help his stock?
1: I mean, he's a straight line speed guy. I was talking to JR Drafts, who we've had on the show before. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave a couple comments on that. I mean, if, if you're taking them, you're taking them for one reason only. Um, deep threat, take the top off basically go run a nine route. That's about it. Uh, not very shifty, not exactly the most fluid of movers, but he's got speed to just go downfield and potentially catch that deep ball. Um, he's got a decent ability to go get that, to go catch the ball at the high point. Um, but I mean, it's very limited with what you're going to ask him to do. I, I like him. He was, I don't think it ever got published, but he made my, one of my sleepers guys at, um, Wide receiver. And I think that if you, with KJ Hamler being unsure about him, needing some additional speed to, you know, help take that top off the defense, Thornton can work well for that. And then, um, when KJ Hamler is back, you don't have this mix of the two or this, um, headbutting of the two because KJ Hamler is rather quick, is rather shifty to still work underneath with Thornton working the top.
0: Yeah. Uh, Chase Wellner, day three wide receivers with KJ Hamler's skill set. I think that was pretty well just covered there. Uh, anybody else that rings a rings a bell to you, Eric?
1: Um with KJ Hamler's skill set. Yeah. Um
0: oh, I got one. I, I got sure one off the top. There
1: are, but off the top of my head, I can't really think of anybody.
0: The, the one that I'm thinking of right off the top of my head, but I'm not sure that he's necessarily going to be a day three prospect is Vilas Jones, Jr. A guy that has some punt return skill set, good speed, um, decent route runner. gets off the ball pretty well. Um, Smaller guy, not really overly physical, catches the ball fairly decently. He's got some drop issues at Tennessee. um, But that's a guy that kind of caught some, caught some eyes. He was sub four, four, and there was nine wide receivers that were actually sub four, four. Let's break those down really fast. Um, here uh, Tyquan Thornton obviously Vilas Jones jr was a uh, at 431 that's an official I didn't see that um Calvin yeah, it shouldn't
1: be that surprising because he was one of the fastest players at the senior Bowl as well yeah yep yeah,
0: yeah I think he was clocked at 22 miles per hour uh per the uh um the tracking chips that they had in their shoulder plat shoulder pads uh Danny gray from uh, Southern Methodist at 433 Calvin Austin 4.32 Bo Melton the wide receiver from Rutgers 4.34 Christian Watson 436 Garrett Wilson and Chris O'Leary Olave, both the Ohio State kids ran sub four four. They were four three eight for Wilson and four three nine for Chris Olave. Yeah. And then Alec Pierce actually—I originally seen that he had sub four four, but it actually got uh, recorrected, and the official yeah. was four point four one. So
1: on that, I saw a comment mention about the unofficial times and the variation to it. They actually have a, the NFL actually has a new guy that's doing the hand testing this yep. year. It's no longer Charlie Casserly. so that's playing the big part with the discrepancies between the times there as well and then um with fellas john jr you slandered his name saying he had drop issues at tennessee how dare you how dare you uh,
0: what happened here what's going on what hello <laughs> not sure what happened there
1: um but i, re- I really like fellas Jones jr and um and uh, what he can bring. I mean, it's not just as a receiver. It's as
0: a returner as well. Yep. But no,
1: drops were not that big of an issue with him. I mean, he had nine throughout a four-year career, five-year career. Okay,
0: I I thought it was worse than that. That, So my apologies on that one. Um, R. Powell jumping in here. I heard on the fan on Wednesday that they said there was a rumor in Dove Valley that they are leaning on grabbing Max Borgie from Washington State in the draft. What is your input on that rumor, Eric?
1: It's rumor season. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, there's going to be a uh, um, lot of rumors. It wouldn't surprise me if they do look at Max Borgie. Um, but, I mean, there, there's just going to be a lot of stuff coming out and uh, from a lot of people, so.
0: It'll be interesting to see what he what he measures in at, and then how he tests. Quite honestly, um, you see some athleticism there with him, a decent pass catcher, but he's not a guy that's going to be like a bell cow back. He's going to be definitely a rotational player at the at the NFL level. Um, I know a lot of people have said Rex Burkhead is like a, a comparable a comparable composi- uh, comparison for him, so that that would make some sense to me. Um, but uh, it's not a guy that you're going to see be taken like highly probably not the bef- before the 4th or 5th round just because he doesn't he's not really elite at any one thing at least on tape it, like I said he's a great a great pass catcher out of the backfield but he's not a great pass protector he's not great between the tackles doesn't have the speed to really like take the top off of the defense as far as a home run hitter running the football so it's going to be interesting to see where he goes um I would be willing to do like a day 3 flyer on him maybe in the 6th or 7th round but uh, it's uh, it's also so early on him
1: there's plenty of running backs in here. And as I said, I like him. It's just that there's plenty of other guys. Like I wouldn't get like it's not a it's not a running back class where I'd be like, okay, this is the guy I have to have. It's there's plenty of good options there. Day three for it. Travis yeah. Over says beyond Stingley and Gardner, who else is worth drafting out of the DBs? Um, well, it depends on where you're talking about. If you're talking about at number nine, I take Stingley off that list personally. Um, but one guy that I've heard had a lot of conversations about his being the top corner is Trent McDuffie out of Washington. Like mm-hmm. he just has it all. He may not be the tallest or the longest guy, but he's feisty. He's quick. He's athletic. Like, he can, he's strong. Good tech, good technique, good tackling ability. He just got a little bit of everything. And there's a lot of people um, talking about him being corner one. I think Dan Brugler just talked about it on his podcast. Yep. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, they've talked about it. Like there's a lot
0: of guys. Um, Kyler Gordon, Trent McDuffie's teammate, has been getting a lot of love as well, from what I understand. A incredible, incredible athlete. This kid's super smooth, super fluid. Is pretty physical from uh, at the point of attack in the running game. Um, I like him a lot, but I don't know that he's going to get any higher than McDuffie. Um, there, there's still Kyler
1: Gordon. Get ready yeah. for a lot of Richard Sherman comparisons.
0: Yes, yes, a hundred percent. And I'm right there with you on that one. Uh, Peter Middleton. Noah Fant will definitely get his fifth-year option as it's so cheap, but is it worth looking at a tight end still in this draft? Presumably, presumably just on day three, right? Um, I'm not going to like lose all hope that the Broncos are going to make a move for a Russell Wilson or an, an Aaron Rodgers, which it seems like Rodgers is probably going back to Green Bay, at least from the latest buzz that we've gotten from the combine. Um, but if the Broncos don't move Noah Fant, in in a trade like that, I could see picking up his fifth year option. It's just it's hard for me because without quality quarterback play, he's so dependent on the quarterback position. And it, like he had great production, but it was not. It was like it was all hollow. There was not really anything worth like standing out. It's not like he was a Travis Kel- Kelsey guy or a Darren Waller or George Kittle that would go out and like a dominated game or even even a Mark Andrews who I had issues with coming into this last season. Noah Fant, to me, there's a lot of – obviously, there's a lot of athleticism there. And if you get better quarterback play, then that's a a huge weapon for this offense. But to presume that he's definitely going to get his fifth-year option at this point, that might be a little premature.
1: No, he'll get his fifth-year option. Okay. It's just so cheap for him. Right. Like, it's just such a cheap cheap deal. They still have a lot – I mean, even with the issues this year, I mean, he still had – really good first two years. They hope to bounce them back. They believe that a lot of his issues this year were offense, which is easy to see, but there was also some issues there with, um, with him personally losing his mother just before the season. Yeah. And some issues with that, that they hope that they can get that turned around big fans of the coaching staff. They'll keep him just because it's so cheap.
0: And I mean, it, with the, like I said, with the athleticism, if you got the right system for him, um use him more um, instead of on the quick out routes and the pivot routes and stuff like that that Pat Sherman was using, actually utilize that athleticism, get him running down the field or maybe use him on some some uh, some some spear routes or crossing routes, uh, deep drives, stuff like that. like there's there's a lot to like with Noah fan. I'm just, I don't know. i, I it, it all depends on what happens with the quarterback situation, obviously. But uh, Noah Fant is a guy that's um, with, with Albert O in the fold still. It, it, you're not going into this season without adding at least another tight end. So presumably on day three, I would be I would be all right with that. Uh, well, I mean,
1: yeah. basically their are only tight ends right now under contract. If I'm remembering correctly, are Fant and um, Okoibian. So yeah, you- I'm pretty sure that they would.
0: Yeah, Scott coming in here with some context, $7 million for the fifth-year option for Noah Fant is the number 10 tight end in the NFL, and that would line up about with where Noah Fant would be at right now. Um, But again, better quality quarterback play, better utilization of him within the offense would probably drive him higher towards the the top five based on the athleticism and the skill set that he does have. Still want to see him get better as a blocker. He did better this last season, but I still want to see him put some more effort out there and still work on that technique that he really needs to refine uh dahane jumping in here with a five dollar super chat any other returner specialists we should watch besides vilish jones jr and marcus jones eric
1: um Khalil Shakur out of boise state's one that comes to mind i like his ability as a returner um there's there was another guy too um i saw this question a couple minutes ago and i had to pull it up but now i can't remember who the other guy was
0: um i know the kid from utah that's like 29 no, years old. no no um, right no <laughs> Uh, other than that, age alone. Uh, but, yeah you know. I, I i haven't I haven't checked in on any of the return specialists yet. I'm still young in my scouting days for for this year, anyways. Um, waiting for the combine to get done with doing a lot of scouting reports. I'll start checking some stuff out here in the next couple of days. Eric, come back. We'll come back to that one here in just a minute. Um. Shandy is a new name that I have not seen yet. She had a question earlier. When was the last time that the Broncos have drafted a quarterback that actually worked out for them? Um, mm-hmm. Never. And no, they have not. Um, obviously they traded for Elway. They traded for Jake Plummer. Um, they, they acquired Peyton Manning and free agency. The one that I could say the most that would, that worked out for them and probably would have worked out for them. If Josh McDaniels wasn't such a, you know, what head, um, Jay Cutler, They're like Cutler had all the tools and was kind of working his way into growing into something. Um, The interceptions were definitely an issue. The decision making as well. But Cutler was not bad in Chicago. Like, let's not say that he was like some slouch trading him for Kyle Orton. And the, the change that they got out of that was a bad move by Josh McDaniels. And it's been admittedly so. I think that he actually admitted that was probably a bad decision for him. Um so that would be the only one that I could think of that, that Tim the people I want a
1: playoff game if I mean like if you want to look at what Jay Cutler did with another team there we go Tim I Tebow quit. at least one Denver no Jay Cutler it wasn't didn't pan out for Denver like that I mean maybe he could have but that's a hypothetical there and then Todd um Tyquan Thornton's official time was a 428
0: 428 yeah uh Travis Weber jumping in here yes I'm being a homer but would love to see Devin Lloyd in orange and blue I'm guessing you're a Utah fan uh Devin Lloyd's an interesting one. if I remember correctly, there's some issues going around about his his play weight and uh, his size that he's gonna have. I think it was it was either it was him or Nicobe Dean. Oh, oh, Dean. okay so it was Dean okay so so never mind strike that reverse it. Um, th- I do like Devin Lloyd. I really do great athlete. he doesn't move great moving away from the football, but he has the ability to play in coverage. Um, pass rush ability as well um, plays really well in the running game. Devin Lloyd at nine Eric.
1: I mean, it's definitely possible. That seems to be one of the names to look out for. Ultimately, I mean, still, there's still a lot of time here. I right now, I I don't think Denver's picking at nine, but there's a lot that can change that. Um, With Ed Edgy Roevro wanting to, you know, be willing to blitz and kind of picking that aspect up from Wade Phillips and adapting it to Vic Fangio's scheme. I mean, Devin Lloyd would make sense next to Baron Browning. I mean, Baron Brown has got the athleticism. He's shown the ability and coverage. Devin Lloyd's good in coverage. Obviously you don't want either one matched up against this receiver in the slot, but they can handle the responsibilities in the cover scheme that they're running. They both offer ability to get to rush, get after the quarterback. Um, So yeah, I I mean, I don't mind Devin Lloyd. I just question the positional value of a linebacker at nine, especially when looking at previous linebackers that were taken so early. Um, But, the, the the potential he brings as, as a pass rusher kind of helps ease it just a little bit
0: i i don't disagree with you to me if you're taking a linebacker inside the top even 15 let's just go that that far down they better have elite coverage ability and devin lloyd hasn't necessarily shown that he's shown that he can play in coverage but as eric said and this is I mean, definitely not getting
1: elite coverage ability from any linebacker entering it but he's pretty darn close to it
0: yeah. I mean, it's as close as you can get, but still, I mean, like you, you want to see a guy that can turn and run a little bit better than Devin Lloyd does um, and handles he, like he can handle over the middle as far as going left to right. But it's the, the vertical drop, the, the turning his hips and turning and running with a guy, if they're going to have a vertical stem release, that's where like, if you can find a guy that has the ability to do that, you found a unicorn, but <laughs> like, like a Fred Warner, for example, like that, that guy could actually turn and run with damn near anybody. But you still didn't see Fred Warner because he was so thin, so frail, didn't play well against the run, like at, at least coming out of BYU. Like that's that's a reason why you found Fred Warner in the tail end of the third. What was it? The third round, I believe, is where he was drafted. Like there's, it was there's just a, before Royce Freeman. Yep. Yeah. So third round. Uh, it's, it's like 68, 60, something, whatever. It doesn't matter. Point still stands. You want to have a, a true freak, a true unicorn at the linebacker position. It's kind of like it's a running back position. You want a freak, want a unicorn to uh, be able to to play at that linebacker position that can turn and run, play in coverage, and also has pass rush and running ability. But you're not going to find that in the NFL draft.
1: It's you want always. unicorns at every position, too. Well, be
0: obviously, come on, man. It, like, <laughs> stop parsing my words. You know where I was going with that. Come on, man. Uh, Travis, born and raised in Utah. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Reed jumping in here. With a quarterback question, we try to stay away from this, but I'll answer this one. Where would you draft Desmond Ritter? I won't. No, I'm just playing. Uh, it's hard. Uh, his athletic testing did boost his stock a little bit, but, man, there's so many mechanical issues in terms of his accuracy. Um, he's got some footwork issues as well. Um, like there's, there's a lot that goes into Desmond Ritter. I like the potential. I like the guy, the human being himself. I've watched enough specials on him um, watching College Game Day i would like him as a second round pick i don't know if i'm trading back into the first round which is probably what's going to end up happening someone's going to take this kid in the first round
1: the funniest thing with desmond ritter is a satire account made a tweet about (laughs) this is so good milk and being lactose intolerant and charles woodson and maurice jones drew actually spent like five minutes talking about it on live tv but just hilarious um where would i draft desmond ritter 40. Um, would I be willing to trade up into the first round for him? Depends on how the board fell. Depends on the cost to move up to get him. Depends on how high into the first round. And I think if you want him, you're going to have to trade into the back end of the first round to get him at this point.
0: Yeah, I I, I do actually agree with that one. Um, and if the, like the upside, yeah, if the, if the Detroit Lions are actually a team to watch because at 32, if they don't trade up to go and get a guy like a a, a Matt Corral or a. a, a uh, Malik Willis. If they don't take Malik Willis at two, first off. Um, but uh, Desmond Ritter has the athletic upside, um, has the ability to, to grow and learn. He got better every single year at Cincinnati. So there's something to to, to work with there. Um, sitting behind Jared Goff for a year, let him kind of acclimate and then move forward with, with Ritter as the option. The Lions are kind of an interesting team to take a look at there. Well, let's see here. What can I find? Um. All right, Kenny Booker jumping in here. Oh wait, uh, Black Knight jumping in. Speaking of Matt Corral, where do you see him getting drafted? Um, man, I'm I'm not sure on this one. I like Matt Corral. He's probably going to be my quarterback one, unless I do another recheck on Malik Willis, who with the combine and everything that is, has come out of that here lately. Um, that could be the first quarterback taken. I've heard buzz about Atlanta being in on Matt Corral. And honestly, I think he probably doesn't escape the top 12 because I think he goes 11 to Washington if they don't trade for Russell Wilson, which there's rumors about that flying around right now. Matt Corral, um, I I like the tools. I like the upside. There's processing issues that you got to deal with. Um, The offensive scheme doesn't translate as well. But uh, everything is there with Matt Corral, and if the injury checks out, he could be the first quarterback drafted, honestly.
1: um, I think that nobody's been hurt by the draft process more at the quarterback position than Matt Corral just yep. because of the injury that he had. Um, Not being at the senior bowl kind of pushed him back down a little bit, not being able to test at the combines, kind of pushing him down a little bit. Tape's fine. I, From what I understand and from what I've heard, he's interviewing – well not great um which is the big thing that teams are looking for um so i, I don't know i think that washington if they're desperate enough they'll take him at 11 um i think he goes in the first round where it's just hard to pinpoint because there's that injury is just such a variable right now
0: yeah uh, Anthony Edwards jumping in here with the $10 super uh, would love JC Jackson to pair with Pat Sertan, And sounds like he's going to hit free agency uh, could pick him up just like we did a from the Patriots back in 2014. I believe um, we were talking about this earlier because it does sound like he's not going to get franchise tagged by the Patriots. He is going to be able to hit free agency. Um, the The problem is with the production that he has had over the last three and a half or four seasons, however long it's been, he's a top Five cornerback in the NFL, and being as young as he is, as good as he is, you're talking about resetting the cornerback market now. Eric, are you interested in paying a cornerback eighteen million dollars on this team right now? Because that's probably what's going to take to get him. Like you're talking resetting the, the cornerback market.
1: Um, no, I mean Denver's just not in a position competitively to do that. And my bigger issue is that you're going from you're taking JC Jackson from a scheme that ran press coverage at one of the highest rates and going to a scheme where they ran off coverage and one of the highest rates and press man at, or press coverage at one of the lowest rates um, going in with what ever bringing in with, and with what the Patriots do. So there's just that concern there. I mean, I love JC Jackson. I love the one he was yeah. coming out. I was a huge fan of him. I wanted Denver to draft him. Um, it's just at this point, it just, doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I mean, Denver's at this point, since they're not in, they don't really have a competitive window open that they're just better is not spending big on a corner. Um, especially with Ronald Darby and Patrick Sertan Mm -hmm. and just rolling that over till they get that or saving what they can and rolling that over.
0: Well, and, I mean, you're still potentially going out and getting Bryce Callahan to come back, and hopefully that's on a cheaper deal. You're still kind of looking at – you've invested a third-round pick in Michael Ojemudia as well, and I know that the former defensive staff was still pretty high on him. There's some versatility. Maybe he could play some safety for you there as well. Um, and, and you you made a great point here as far as what Everett wants to run, playing the off-coverage, the match-quarter stuff. Um, he's a Vic Fangio disciple. He's also a Wade Phillips disciple, though. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly what he's going to run. And I don't know if we've actually gotten true legitimate comments from him on that yet. So it's kind of a wait and see on this one. But something that I liked about Passer Tan when he was at Alabama coming into the draft was the fact that he's such a long and physical player. He plays press man coverage incredibly well. If you did want to run a press two-man, we keep this the split-field the split, the split field safety look, uh, keep Justin Simmons on, on a half, uh, maybe Caden Stearns as well, and move everybody closer to the line of scrimmage, it makes sense to go and get J.C. Jackson. I just don't think the price tag is right, especially with the Broncos where they currently sit. And unless they get a quarterback that can come in and compete in the AFC West, you're probably looking better to develop the young guys that you have, maybe get Bryce Callahan back continue with the scheme that you currently do have and move in a different direction there. There's been enough from
1: Everett to gauge the scheme. It's going to be off man. It's going to be the standard Vic Fangio or off man, off zone. Right. He said enough. I mean, the Wade Phillips aspect of it is more with the blitz packages. Okay. The pass rush aspect of it.
0: Right, it was just something that kind of went through my head when I first saw that he was going to be released. I'm like, you know, th- there's there's a way that you can work with this because Darby's not terrible in press either, so I mean, there's there's a way you can make that work. But again, paying 18 to 20 million dollars to a cornerback because that's probably what's going to take to get to get JC Jackson is not a way to to go with me. Uh, Malcolm Brown, our good friend up there in Homer, Alaska, saying hello from sunny Homer, Alaska. You're lucky it's not sunny here; it's cloudy. We're going to get rain and snow in the next 24 hours, so enjoy that. I, I will say, though, the last four or five days have been 65 degrees. I grilled on Tuesday and Wednesday and then went to a barbecue on Thursday as well. So been eating pretty good down in the Sanderson neighborhood. Uh, Travis jumping back in here. I believe that Pete Carroll has opened up about Wilson and said Wilson will not be traded. This is where off-season speculation and going through and parsing through words gets a little bit tricky. Because we don't intend to trade Russell Wilson. Is a lot different than saying we are not trade trading russell wilson we don't have any intentions of trading him right now like there's there's no scott what you got
1: you can he can play the quote for it okay um, just give him a second i i, I mean uh, while we wait for scott to pull this up real quick i mean the the thing with this with what with what's being said and everything, is that you have to understand is that very rarely is a coach going to come out and say, "Yeah, we're willing to trade this guy. He's he's a franchise quarterback. We're willing to trade him." You're really not going to get that, and I think it's been made pretty clear that have you, Seattle have you seems seen hesitant.
0: Any trade offers or inquiries
1: from other teams on possibly trading Russell
0: Wilson? Um, at this time of year, we're. we're You know there's conversations about everybody we talk about everybody and that's commonplace
1: for us to have conversations with teams about all of the players particularly marquee players and that's not changed it's been the same every year we've been here so it's the same as it's been we have no intention of making any any move there Uh, but the conversations john has to feel those he always has Uh, but nothing specific to, to that yeah and that just goes to with what lance was saying is like we're not intending to trade him it's they're still well open to it just give them enough. And that's what it really comes down to. It's give them enough. And that's yeah. how it is with any quarterback. I mean, untouchable is a phrase that you'll hear us use, you'll hear hear other fans use, you'll hear other analysts use. But really in the NFL, there's not many untouchable players. If you get offer enough, it's just that aspect of teams just may not offer enough for it. And Wilson seems to be at that point.
0: I, I think, a, I think a big thing with Russell Wilson is the fact that he's not necessarily made it openly clear. Like he's never come out and said something in public or, you know, tweeted something or anything like that, that he's unhappy in Seattle. I think that's pretty well common knowledge at this point, but also at the same time, if he like Seattle's waiting on him to make that move, to make him look like the asshole and pardon my language there. Like they're making him look like the bad guy and um, th- like without him actually doing so, they have all the leverage here. You don't want to go anywhere, according to us. You haven't said anything publicly. You haven't said anything that says you want to be gone from here. So we're gonna, yeah, we'll field all these offers, but we're not. We don't intend to trade you until you make it clear you don't want to be here anymore. That and I think on is, is the key.
1: Is, and on that note, is I don't expect Seattle to trade Russell Wilson at this point unless he flat out makes it very clear he wants out. I don't. that, that, that that's the expectation at this point.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all, Eric. I, I, I think that he is going to play at least this season, but uh, it, this season in Seattle. But there's going to be a divorce coming here soon if they don't get it turned around quickly. And they don't have any draft capital, like they don't have a first or second round pick this year. I don't think they have a first round pick next year either. Like there's, there's a long ways to go in building that roster back up. And does Russell Wilson? Yeah, he's only 33 years old, but does he want to go through a two or three year rebuild to get back into competitive advantage there? that like does he want to go and compete for a Super Bowl on a team that potentially has, you know, the the cap space, they have the draft capital, and they have all of the pieces in place to come and build an elite offense and they are just a quarterback away. Like that's why strategically, he hasn't actually said it himself, but strategically he had his agent leak, what, four teams last year, five teams this year, that like these are the teams that I'd be willing to accept it, like waive my no trade clause to go to, and Denver has been that, that team this year. That's why they're so widely connected together. So until Russell Wilson actually says something and, out loud, they're they're, they're not going to do anything with him. They're going to just keep those offers and just let it ride.
1: On that note, there's actually new news on a certain quarterback front Ian Rapport with all eyes on Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers and his future. Here's the latest sources say Rodgers is truly torn on where he wants to play in 2022. While many in the NFL expect him to return. There's a, there's lots of positivity in green Bay. He is going back and forth on what he wants. So it's one of those things. And I said this before, I just did a mock draft on this that had Denver trading number nine for it. It just got published earlier this week. And I had a couple of people saying it's like published not long after they're working on a short -term, term deal. And here's the thing is, is with Aaron Rodgers, with, with any quarterback, until they say that, until any player says it, that they want out or that they're staying, like, all doors are open. It's been – I mean, this whole process with Aaron Rodgers has been a lot of back and forth with what's going to happen with him. Until he says for sure he's back in Green Bay, I mean, there's still a possibility. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's going to happen. I think that he is back with Green Bay. That's where I think that's going to happen at this point. But Denver – and other teams, they still there's still some belief that he may be looking to want out. So, well, it, just something to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, and it, exactly, it comes all the way back down to what you originally just said: was it what is Aaron Rodgers' decision? Like, he's the one that is ultimately going to decide if he's playing in Green Bay or if he's playing somewhere else. Because even though there's no really true written down agreement there was a handshake agreement apparently or at least that's what it was reported then Brian Gutekunst decided to kind of squash that notion I don't think green like I don't think that if Aaron Rodgers says I'm not playing in Green Bay trade me I think the the only other leverage he has is say okay well if you're not going to trade me at least to a team that I like I'll just retire I'm not playing for you anymore and he has the ability to do so he's got a Hall of Fame resume he's won a Super Bowl he's been two back-to-back MVP four-time MVP like there is still that you trade me to a team that I like now, or I just retire. I'm not playing for you anymore. Like there's still that card to be played here.
1: And maybe when, he, maybe when things started going, like, so you remember that he was headed back to green Bay, had to do with the cleanse he was doing. Um. Anyways, Peter Milton says your favorite guards that you think the Broncos can look at getting back to you, the combine aspect. Um. And Cold real strange. quick, actually Scott made a good point of Packers wouldn't mind if he retired, would have cleared the cap. Yeah. I mean, they're in a very bad cap situation. They Keeping are. Aaron Rodgers and Adams isn't impossible, but it's rather difficult for them to do. But anyways, as for guards, um, I really like the interior offensive line class. There's a guy out of Wake Forest that I like quite a bit, early day three, Zach Tom. I mean, you don't often see a guy play center and tackle. Um, I, And uh, with where he measured, with watching his tape, I think that Zach Tom has the ability to play all five positions. That said, I think he's much better on the inside than he would be at tackle, and you'd only play him at a tackle in case of emergency only. But that kind of versatility is a big boost when you're constructing your roster because you can maybe cut back on an offensive lineman because you have this guy that's capable of playing all five spots.
0: That's that's a great point and something that I've, I incredibly value when I do when when I do my evaluations on um on especially offensive linemen and defensive backs like interior defensive lineman I, I do value that versatility can you you know zero zero one three five can you uh, single gap two gap like what what are your versatility skill sets that you have offensive lineman is one that I like if you can play center guard or guard tackle or if you can play all five like those guys get a huge boost to me. Like they really do because well, I mean, there's, there's the NFL in general.
1: Yeah, exactly. The ability to do, the ability to do more, the more you the more you are valued.
0: Right. And look at, look at the, the roster construction of uh, NFL teams. You're keeping eight, nine guys at the, on the offensive line at, on the 53 man roster, sometimes 10, like you are losing a lot of uh, valuable assets. If you like, if you have a guy that can play multiple different positions and you have a guy that goes down, you can insert this guy. So uh, uh, Kevin Tom, you can insert him at center at guard or at tackle. That's a guy that can fill three spots. If you got anybody that goes down, that's a guy you can insert. And if he matches with the scheme has scheme versatility as well. It's huge, huge value. Cornerback and and safety as well. Like if you can play the boundary cornerback slot and then also drop back and play the safety, you have three position versatility and can play man and zone. That's a huge boost to your stock in NFL levels and and obviously in my particular draft scouting. um, I I love those guys that can do and wear multiple different hats because the more you can do, the more likely you are to fit onto a roster. Uh, Dave jumping in here, Dave Millage. I'm not sure. This is a new name to me. Uh, first time, <laughs> there he says it right there. Uh, listening up north of the 49th parallel, up in Canada. There you go. Uh, still think some teams uh, who takes Nicobe Dean are going to get a great player. Cheers all in the MHH. Great discussion so far for everyone. And thank you, Dave. And welcome. Welcome to the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. Hopefully you stick around because this is what we do. We do uh, great draft content. So hopefully you enjoy everything we have to say here. Um, Nicobe Dean, Eric. Um, this is a guy that uh, you and I were watching Jordan Davis. I believe it was 2020 tape um, talking about him being a potential first round pick uh, for this year, 2021. And I was, I kept pounding. I was like, dude, that linebacker, Nakobe Dean at 14, that kid is a special, special player. Um, you and I sat down and hashed it out a, a while ago, just how special he was. This was a little over a year ago, actually. Um, what do you think on Nakobe Dean? Where does he go? Um, does he fit for the Broncos?
1: I'm a huge fan of Nickobe Dean. Yeah. Um For Denver, I- I'm a little bit iffy on it. I mean, there's a lot of similarities there to Roquan Smith. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he'll test as well athletically for it as Roquan Smith will. I still think he'll test pretty well. Um. But I. Uh, but where he goes in the draft and what teams will think of them will have a. Um, pretty big. the The combine athletic testing will have a pretty sizable factor for it, because linebackers are one of those positions that um, you can actually get pretty good insight as to not necessarily the, how successful they'll be, but length of the career, how many games they'll play, and through the combine, through with how they test. Um, it's just, and it'll also help determine like what role is he actually made for. Um, from conversations I've had, that seems to be a big concern with him. What is he actually made to do in the NFL? Um, I like him. I'm just not sure if pairing him with Baron Browning is the best path for
0: him to succeed. Well, so I mentioned it earlier, um, and there was rumors going around and you had mentioned this specifically with Nicobe Dean being potentially underweight, uh, less than 220 pounds, like 215, um. So at that size, scraping and attacking in the running game, when you don't have a Devontae Wyatt, who's a first-round pick, you don't have a Travon Walker, who's a first-round pick, when you don't have a Jordan Davis, who's likely a first-round pick, early second round at the latest, um, that can eat up blockers in front of you where you can use that athleticism to get through the trash and go make plays in, in the running game. At the NFL level, when you don't have those guys in front of you to keep guys off of you, that's a big concern it, it uh, he's also not athletic enough i don't think to hang is like a safety where you're going to use him like a, a dion buchanan or um even like a, a tyron matthews an athletic freak but still that similar kind of role is what i'm getting at um that dime backer linebacker heavy nickel safety something like that um I, I agree with you on that he also doesn't have the pass rush productivity that you want to see from a, a guy that you're going to take at that high i like n'kobi dean don't get me wrong um it's just like like Eric said. Pairing him with Baron Browning, um, especially with the interior defensive line questions that the Broncos have outside of um, uh, Draymond Jones, there's there's a lot to hate with that particular scheme fit. And uh, uh, Kenny Booker jumping in here, uh, uh, Jeremiah Ousu Koromoa, the the safety from Notre Dame that was drafted in the in the, uh, the second round from the Browns last season. Uh, that's a great comparison there. But Jok was an athletic freak. Nicob Dean is not like that. It, like if you're uh-huh. looking for that kind of a role, Jok was way more athletic than Nicob Dean is.
1: Well, I think that Nicob Dean also offers you a lot more. I mean, he, he's still going to be limited in role and aspect of it, but he still offers you more than one niche role that, right? Um, Oosu Koromora does
0: uh travis weber jumping in here uh washington today offered several first round picks for russell wilson and seattle declined i want to see what that offer actually was because if you're throwing out a baseline offer it's not the maximum that you're going to go that's for sure because if you throw out we're going to throw three first round picks two second round picks two third round picks and a player then if you're willing to do that you better be willing to do more like Seattle's going to say, oh, that's your first offer. Okay, cool. We're going to ask for three firsts, three seconds, three thirds and two players. Like if you're willing to go at least that high, then you're going to be willing to go more if you're really interested in this in a- acquiring this player. If it's, a- sorry, it, it, let me, let me finish this real quick. If it's uh, an offer of two firsts and two seconds for Russell Wilson, then yeah, they're probably going to turn that down because they're going to get a better offer than that you don't throw out your maximum offer on the, on the first, that's not how you negotiate things. So I'm I'm interested to see what that first package actually was before I give a true breakdown of uh, like, is that a bad deal for Seattle? Is it a bad deal for Washington? Let's, let's wait to see what it actually is first.
1: I mean, and that's why um, Pete Carroll saying, we don't intend to trade Watts or trade Wilson is kind of a big thing. There is, you don't want to intend to trade him because as soon as you announce your intent to trade them, the value will take a hit. Yep. Um, several firsts. How many is that? What else was part of it? Maybe all there was to it was just a couple firsts. Um, maybe a day three pick in there. Like it's, it's hard to, you know, really guess based off of just a vague comment of several, um, as I said, though, I, I still don't think that that Seattle trades Wilson at this time. Um, I think that'll take Wilson to really come out and say that I want out. I don't want to be here anymore. For it to happen, and I don't think that Russell Wilson will do that.
0: He's too much of the nice guy. He doesn't want to be the forefront and center of attention. Like the the whole Aaron Rodgers versus Russell Wilson situation is two completely different deals, guys. Like Aaron Rodgers, I I don't want to speak for the guy. But the fact that this has gone public as long as it has makes me feel like he wants the attention. Russell Wilson is not that guy. Like he's it, it, the attention on him, just even throwing out those teams or as his agent throwing out those teams that he was willing to you know accept a trade for was enough of the attention on him to take away from what his his end game is, is which is continuing to you know bolster what could potentially be a Hall of Fame resume he's not that guy to go and seek out that kind of attention. So I, I don't think that that's actually going to happen, which leads and, me to believe that he's going to still be in Seattle this year.
1: And there's some talk going around about a punter, uh, Matt Areza out of San Diego state is his name. Mm-hmm. And he's also a kicker and he actually had a pretty good um, efficiency with kicking as well. Um, Record setting punter, huge booming leg, like, you want to talk about somebody at number nine overall? Here we go. Like special teams all the way.
0: Dude, if you draft a punter higher than Sebastian Janikowski, who's the all-time points leader in Oakland Raiders history, I think we're going to have some issues here. But, uh, yeah, let's do it. Number one, trading to one, we're taking Matt to raise it. Let's do it. I'm I'm, I'm in for this conversation. Uh, no, no, I
1: actually I actually like him. He's one of the few specialists that I'll actually spend time to watch. Um. Yeah, I like him, and I would love him in Denver with that leg. Um, I mean, and he's got good placement. He's one of those specialists that I could definitely see a team using a top 100 pick on.
0: Wow, that's no, interesting.
1: Not saying I think it happens. I'm saying uh, he has all the things that you look forward to possibly see it happen.
0: So I, I want to parse this out just a little bit, and this might be a little ridiculous of a take here but seeing how bad the Broncos special teams have have been over the last five seasons, six seasons, maybe having a weapon as a punter is never a bad thing. A guy that can boom the ball, coffin corner kick. That's why I like Sam Martin so much because he's actually been pretty damn good for the Broncos. Let's be honest here. He's been very good at pinning teams inside the 20 inside the 10 as well as had multiple really good kicks when he actually has the opportunity to do so. It's, it's not a Pat McAfee uh, or, a, or even a Johnny Hecker. Like, that guy is insane in, in Los Angeles. Or the Cody Bajorquez, the, the kid that was in Buffalo and I think was in Green Bay this last season. Like, when you have a weapon, a guy that can actually, you know, coffin corner kick and pin teams deep all the time, if you have quality elite defensive play, that's a definite direction that you should be investing in. If you, if, like, bolster your special teams as much as you can. What was the last kicker punter drafted in the top 100 was that Roberto Aguayo
1: I believe so yeah
0: or or, because uh uh, Chad Jensen 2.0 uh Rodrigo Blankenship didn't get drafted until later right he he was outside the top 100 that I, I can't remember anyways like investing in a punter with a top 100 pick that's a little rich for me but if he's that guy like a Johnny Hecker a guy that can do crazy ridiculous things with the football and pin a guy pin teams deep Inside the five yard line all the time, why not? I mean, do something to help the special teams unit for sure. Uh, Black Knight jumping in here. Uh, last couple here, you guys. Uh, so, if you got any good ones, uh, throw some super chats down for us really fast. We'll make sure we get all of your guys' qu- uh, questions answered. Uh, Jeremy says, What round do you think James Cook goes, Eric?
1: Right now, somewhere day two, Pro- probably play. round three,
0: but day two. I was, uh, I, was, uh, I was actually about to say that. Probably a third-round pick. Um, I want to see him a little bit more. Um, pass pro is okay. Great pass catcher out of the backfield, explosive. Um, decent long speed, not the best long speed. I want to see how he tests, honestly. Um, I like James Cook a lot. Very good mesh with what uh, um, they have in Javante Williams right now. Speaking of, we got to hit this rumor really fast um apparently the giants at one point during the combine have been uh, willing to shop a couple of players first off james bradbury the cornerback who's a really really good player arguably top 12 player at the, at the cornerback position um and also running back saquon barkley who apparently the broncos have expressed a little bit of interest in um eric what do you think do you giving up a fourth round pick for saquon barkley or at least that's what the reports are right now fourth round pick saquon barkley to come and pair with the um Javante Williams for a year
1: I mean the latest reports is that they're not not that they haven't listened to offers that they're just not going to move them okay that's
0: that's the latest reports there
1: um and from the sounds of it it sounds like teams are looking at day three picks and
0: Giants want more so that's fair uh and Scott I think through some stats out here 511 199 uh James Cook Cook, yeah uh four five each And that that lines up decent long speed, but not enough long speed to make him a really true home run threat. 33-inch vertical today. Um, The the tape's a little bit better than that. I think that uh, his pass-catching ability is the versatility that he does have there, particularly out of the backfield. Um, So it it would work.
1: Real quick, what was his his 40 time was 4-5. Yep. Right. Um, What else was there?
0: 33-inch uh, vertical was the only thing I saw.
1: 33-inch 30, vertical? Yep. Um, So Dalvin Cook, 449, 30 and a mm-hmm. half. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there, does, I, I think there, Cook is a little bit more explosive.
0: Dalvin Cook also I, did that at uh, at weight. Uh, he wasn't 5'11", 199, was, he? What, he, was what he, what 10,
1: he? He was 5'10", 210, so he was a little bit heavier. A
0: little bit heavier. Yeah. That's actually a pretty decent comparison, honestly. Not bad. Thirty-three vert scares Scott more than the four-five forty, and I don't disagree with that. It does. Thirty-three show the, inch
1: vert scares me more than the four-five forty. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. It doesn't verticals, show the verticals enough. and broad jumps have a good correlation between run with running back success. Yes, they more do. so
0: than
1: more so than an overall forty. No.
0: Yeah. Uh, Lawrence Rivera jumping in here uh, last one for us guys uh, much love guys Lots to watch later uh, son needed to eat uh starving the, the kids don't need to eat they'll, they'll be fine okay I've got three of them out there right now they're all starving I'm in here doing the no I'm, I'm playing. it's 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 good to have you in in at least a little bit late. Well, we're gonna end the show here, but uh, it's always good to have your support, Lauren, So we appreciate you for showing up, guys. Um, with that, that's going to do it for us tonight, guys, on the Dove Valley Deep Divers Podcast. Uh, grab that one from Michael really fast, Scott. You, you just threw it up there. Uh, how did uh, Rashad White from Arizona State do at the at the NFL Combine? Uh, he hasn't actually tested yet. He won't test until later tonight. You're on a so
1: 40, 38 inch vertical, one twenty-five oh, okay.
0: Uh, So Um, so the
1: thing with running backs is that they're doing their stuff right now while we're live. Um, So we can't really watch it. So I can't tell you about drills. And if for testing stuff, I have to look up what they did. So Rashad White had a pretty good day.
0: Okay. I I had not seen that yet, obviously. Anyways, guys, with that, that's going to do it for us tonight on the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. Uh, you guys can follow us on Twitter by finding me at SandersonMHH for Eric at Eric Trickle, also for Scott Kennedy at Scout Kennedy. Also, guys, while you're at it, make sure you guys are following at Mile High Huddle, where you're going to get breaking news and analysis regarding all of your Denver Broncos, um, including film breakdowns, opinion articles. Our scouting reports are coming. Eric's got a lot of draft content over the next couple of months. I'm um, going to be doing my um, my – Big full first round mock draft right about the week of the draft, probably the Tuesday of I'll get that published for you guys. Um, Fan consensus stuff. is going to be great. Love, love doing this piece. Anyways, you're going to find it at mile high huddle there. Um folks if you guys are financially able to do so head on over to humblapod.com that's the merch booth boys that's the concert guy and me the merch tent is humblapod.com get yourself a hoodie you guys get yourself a hat there's t-shirts something for the guys something for the gals there's coffee cups face masks doesn't matter if you guys love the shows humblapod.com get the merch that's a great way to support the show and if you guys aren't financially able to do so times are tough i understand De- definitely definitely understand You guys aren't able to do that right now. We understand, but you guys should be subscribed everywhere to mile high huddle. No matter what, what platform, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, uh, uh, Facebook, whatever, whatever, every single one subscribe to mile high huddle. If you like every video that helps out a bunch, but if you love it, Share it, share it in front of as many Broncos fans as humanly possible, because without your guys' support, we could not do what we do best, which is cover your Denver Broncos. Now with that, Eric, we've got a couple of messages from Scott here. Uh, Face Twitch, he says, yes. Scott says Face Twitch, um, Snapchat, Instagram, whatever it is. Uh, make sure you guys follow at Mile High Huddle, because it's a great way to get all of your Broncos content. Uh, Eric, any last words, man?
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, go out there, enjoy life, and be excited. Hopefully, things continue on a, the path forward for the Broncos. I mean, next up, just got to find that quarterback. Hopefully, before long, it happens. Because I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to go through a couple more, many more years of what we've had to deal with.
0: Yeah, finding the quarterback's the big thing, and it doesn't sound promising from the reports and rumors that we're hearing from the combine. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's it could be rough, could be rough here for, for the 2022 season, but we're going to be here covering and breaking it all down for you guys on the Dove Alley Deep Divers oh, podcast. Maybe. Well,
1: you know, as who was it, Kyle Janahan said, We could all be dead by tomorrow or by next Saturday or whatever his comment was a year ago.
0: I'm going to stay out of the conversation that I want to jump into really fast. <laughs> no, no, with, no, with no. the current events going on in the world, but then we'll just no, leave no, it there. No, no. Um, yeah, was at least football related. i'm i'm speaking real world events here too that, that do matter but anyways with that guys you all stay safe. Take care. Have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy the rest of the scouting combine. If you have any questions at all, please uh, at Sanderson MHH on Twitter at Eric trickle on Twitter as well. Come get all of your questions to us. We love to interact with you guys. We will be able to answer any and all of your questions that you have for us. So uh, with that guys, we will see you guys same time, same place next week. And as always go Broncos.